Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to his name. Praise the name of Jesus. I just want to, uh, before I begin anything, just set the mic down and just give a, give the Lord another good shout out and hand clap of praise before I begin this. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, glory to his name, can never give the Lord too much praise and too much honor that's due him, let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord, can never give him enough praise and glory for what he's doing, what he knows he's going to do for things to come, he's a great mighty God, there's, there's no telling what he would be willing to show us if we just submit ourselves to him. And let, and let him take control and get ourselves out of, out of the way and just let him take control. There's no telling what we would see in the mighty name of God and in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. It's good to be with you th this morning. And uh, I want to uh, uh, begin uh, with uh, the scripture. As, uh, focus scripture is going to be coming from Matthew in chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. We're going to read verses... Uh, one through nine. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. We thank you for being in our midst today. Lord, we thank you for the service this far. And as we begin to read your word and bring forth the message, Lord, I just... Ask for, for your will and knowledge up, upon me. Let the anointing fall, Lord. Let your word go forth as you see fit, because it's your word that we trust in you and we believe in you. And let your people hear what you have to say on this day in the name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So with that uh, scripture text uh, that we just read there, I'd like to get a point across to... Uh, this morning, subject uh, entitled, A uh, Venomous Ideology. Venomous Ideology. So when, so when I think of this and was studying and reading the scripture text, you may, you may be, be directed back to the scripture, verse 7, where the, uh, John the Baptist brought out brood of vipers. Brood of vipers. When he saw the 
Pharisees and Sadducees coming. You know, the Pharisees were fair, you see, because they did believe in the resurrection, their life after death. And the Sadducees were sad, you see, because they did not believe in the, re- the resurrection. So he sees them coming, and he calls them the brood of vipers. Well, why would this be? Why, why would John the Baptist call them brood of vipers? I believe the King James translation says generation instead of brood there. It's generation of vipers. So venomous in the dictionary, is adjective, is of animals, especially snakes, secreting venom capable of injecting venom by means of a bite or a sting. So that's what happens when you're bitten by something, like a, say, for example, a snake. They inject into your body, your bloodstream, some sort of venom that, it, that is designed to kill you and take your life. That's what the venom is. And many of us have bitten by a deadly snake or viper, as spoke of like in, in the Bible, would immediately seek medical attention. We would immediately see the threat, immediately probably get worked up and worried, and we'd head straight for the closest emergency room. Uh, to try and get that taken care of uh, because we don't want to die. We don't want that to take our life. That venom is very dangerous. And uh, I thought about uh, this as well. You know, there there is uh, in the book of Acts, Apostle Paul, when he was shipwrecked, while they were, he was in prison, he was on his way to, to be taken to Caesar. If you remember after the shipwreck, when they got uh, on, on the island there, the native people there, they had a campfire, a fire, and Apostle Paul took some twigs and limbs and placed them to the fire. And his Bible says a viper come out and lashed onto his, his hand or his arm. And so the native people there thought, this man is a murderer. He's surely going to die. They're, you know, he, you know this, he's, had, he's done some terrible things. It's like he's about to die because they saw that. And they knew what that meant to be bit by a viper. And so uh, the but that did not happen to Apostle Paul. They said, and they assumed even, they said, we don't know how he survived the shipwreck for one, but now this is surely going to take him. But nothing happened. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't happen because Apostle Paul had God in him. He had, he had the Holy Ghost in him, keeping him alive. God, he was not, nothing was going to happen to him because it was not God's will for it to happen to him. You know, and, you know, I'm not going to get off on a slippery slope that a lot of churches will start at snake handling. And that we don't take this seriously, you know, like literally, like we're to go handling the snakes and everything. But I just wanted to point that out. And that was a lit, like a literal, you know, actual viper. But what I want to drift our mind and attention to a venomous ideology is more of a spiritual sense. Every day we're attacked when we when we uh, we're not here. We go to work, our jobs. We're attacked. We're bitten in a sense by a by uh, a spiritual viper it it starts from any type of uh, government it could be from the federal all the way down to local levels they constantly try and attack us and bite us daily inject us venom in us to mess up our ideology and it's not just church folk it's every day i'm talking speaking about everyday people it's it's a watering trying of a watering down of god trying to lessen god trying to remove god out of so many so many ways in our lives it's, it's a venomous ideology that if we're not careful, we'll fall subject to it, and so many other people have. Their mindsets are changing. Their attitudes are changing, and we have to be so careful, and we have to be watching this. The devil is on double overtime right now. He's trying his best to bring down the church. He wants to see Jesus' bride, that we as a church are supposed to be gathering and making stronger, making bigger, bringing more and more in for the bride, to be the bride of Christ. He's trying to either destroy it or he's trying to dilute it with this venom ideology so many will be lost and never see 
the kingdom of heaven. They'll never see their salvation that is promised by Jesus. But we're not going to let that happen. We're going to stand for truth, and we're going to share the good word with as many people as going to hear it. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to share it as many, with as many people that is willing to listen and hear it. We will share that. And John the Baptist knew all too well what this was like. He was commissioned by God to preach repentance and baptize for remission of sins and spread the word that Jesus was a pure lamb to be sacrificed for the world's salvation for everyone. And that was, that was his uh, uh, plan. That was his calling on his ministry. And we find that in John 1 and 29. That's what that's what is spoke of as he as John. This is referring to as he, uh, Jesus is coming toward the, uh, for the baptism where John was going to baptize. Him. He says the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who make who takes away the sin of the world." He takes away. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes to his disciples. All right, that one in twenty nine. That that was him showing that. Jesus was the lamb, the pure lamb that was going to take away the sin of the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. John knew that people were being led astray. He knew they were being led away from the correct following of the law that was supposed to be spoke of and read by these uh, Sadducees that were supposed to be reading the scriptures. Were, and he knew that they were act, the Pharisees and Sadducees were acting as vipers, filling God's people with a venom that would cause them their walk with God to be put at risk. The Pharisees cared more about the money and rituals than they, that they had set up that were a hardship on the people. They also cared a lot about how they looked in society, their wardrobe, their appearance. They wanted to appear to, appear to be dignified and holy and just, you know, uh, you know look at me, uh, you know, I'm I'm dressed to the T's, and I, I'm, t I'm giving you these commands and instructions. This is how you live. This is what you're to do if you want, if you want to be accepted by God. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't adhere to their own messages. They wouldn't adhere to their own guidelines. And this is what we find in Matthew 23. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 7, beginning in Matthew 23. And it's, uh, verse 1 reads like this. That Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to, to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works. For they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all of their works they do to be seen by men. Doing works to be seen by men. They make their phylacracies, and uh, this word is, mean, is meaning a small leather box containing scripture verses uh, that they would wear on, during their morning prayer as a reminder to keep the law. They had this little small leather box that they would wear, and it had uh, scriptures and verses written on it that remind them uh, of wear it, wear it on the head. Right. Right, they would get, they had still they still do it to this day, like you said, and they to broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. So to telling you again about how they want their garments to look and appear, praise the Lord. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men rabbi, rabbi, which just means teacher, teacher. They love they love all that attention. They love all of that that they get from from everyone. 
they want all, all of this attention. And this is the contrast between them and John the Baptist. If you, if you refer back to where it spoke about John, he wore, he wore uh, a, a leather belt around his waist and just basic clothing. He ate locust and honey. He was happy with a grasshopper and some honey, basically. You know, that's what he was eating. That's what, that's what he, what, he didn't care about a big appearance. What he cared about was the law of God that was true and held fast and spoken the way it should be spoken to lead the people the right way. Lead the people the right way, not, not fill them up with a bunch of stuff that was junk and they didn't need. That's what he wanted to do. And they would, the Pharisees and Sadducees would sow just a little truth just a little bit of, and John spoke all truth. He didn't care how he looked about doing it. He did not care. All these things amounted to false teachings that John the Baptist knew was wrong, and he did his best to show the people right way. That's us too. That's us as Christians today, that we're show the lost the right way, the true way to come into Jesus for, 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 their, for their salvation. Praise the name of the Lord. It seems as though that our time in our society today, that there is a big try, trying to be a big reduction in God and belief of God. Like you don't need God as much. You, there's many ways to get to heaven. You know, you don't, you know, you can do what you want to do, live your life how you want to live it, and then claim you believe in God, claim it, you know, yeah, I believe him, I believe in Jesus, and I'm still going to do what you want to do, do live how you want to live with all kind of sin, all kind of wrongdoing in your life, and never have no conviction about anything that's wrong in your life. And that's, that's a false lie that society from in, in the government's trying to change laws and plans from local all the way to the federal. It's leading the people of this nation in a wrong path, in a wrong direction. It's against God. And they're trying to tell you that it's right and it's okay. All you got to do is believe God. Everything will be okay. It's tougher than that. It's tougher than that. It's more than that. There's more to it. You, you're supposed to live different and be have a changed life. You can't, you, you know, um, Brother uh, Carl Engel, it was, it's been said a few times how, uh, a gentleman uh, got upset with him because he tricked him. Because uh, he told he told Brother Carl told him, you know, you can you can drink and live, do whatever you want to do after you give your life to Christ, if that's what you want to do. So he was thinking, great, perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on. I'll give my life to Christ if I keep on doing it. But he had he something happened to him that was genuine and real, and he come back at a later time and told Brother Carl, you tricked me. You lied, told me a story because I don't want to live that way no more. And when and when when we as a people, yes, give the Lord praise and glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When we as Christians have that true connection, like Pastor was talking about earlier, when we have that true connection with Christ, nothing else is going to matter. We're not going to want to live the life we used to live. We're not we're not going to want to still be the old person that we were. We want that newness. We felt something. We want to change. And there is a change to be had and made. And you can still live it. You can still go. You still, we all going to make mistakes. It ain't going to be, you know, easy necessarily just a bed of roses. But it can be done. We just have to look. keep looking toward God, keep looking toward Jesus. And when we mess up and screw up and we think, oh, hope is lost, don't think that way. Come to the house of God. At, you know, ask for forgiveness of whatever it is sin that you messed up. As long as there's breath in our body, there's room for change. There's room for change, and for, we can ask God for forgiveness. That's why it's so important, so important to just keep focused on Jesus, keep focused on the Lord. One example of this ideology I'm talking about is, is uh, what I just mentioned. It said there's many ways to Jesus, or many ways to heaven, and that is so not true. In John 14, verses 5 and 6, we, we find of, 
the, the only way to heaven. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Everybody know where the Father is? He's in heaven. He's in heaven. It sounds to me like if, if you don't believe in Jesus and accept him but you reject him, you're not going to make it to heaven. Now, you know, and there ain't no simpler way to, to get to heaven. That's the easiest way possible, the only way. But, the, I mean, everybody makes it, sound, it seem like it's so difficult, like it's, it's so tough. All you, get, all you have to do is believe on Jesus and accept his plan of salvation Repent, be baptized, receive his gift of the Holy Ghost. It's for you. It's for everyone. It's not that difficult. Glory to the name of the Lord. The only way to heaven is through Jesus. Scripture, scripture says right there. Then that, and that in itself says a lot. There's a point to be made here that that's a problem with a, a, a lot of people in our society and the world is they just simply don't believe the Bible anymore. They just simply don't believe it. Christians believe it wholeheartedly, without a doubt. It's the Word of God. We believe it. We believe it. There's, there's no change in our mind of it. But there's a lot of people that simply have questions, too many questions, and they don't want to just accept it and believe the Bible is true, the Word of God. So that was one example. Another example I'd like to bring to your attention is uh, in California, a Gender Recognition Act passed and signed into law last October. Some of you may have heard this. I don't know. That allows for people to legally change their gender based on their choosing. This is wrong, and it's a total rejection of God. God is our creator, and he decides whether we're male or female. But there, there's a movement out there, and it's starting in California, that, you know, you know how it is, the standard for, I don't know, generations has been when you're born, they put on the birth certificate whether you're male or female. Yeah, that's that's the way it's been. Well, now as we evolving as society, you know, I don't feel like a male or I don't feel like a female. I don't care what you feel like. You are what God made you. But they want to leave. They want to change law and let leave the door open, lead people in a wrong direction. That says if you don't feel that way, it's your choice that you can put on there what you want. You don't have a choice. What God made you is what you are. You're either male or female. And Jeremiah 1 and 5 says it very much just right there out there. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That was God telling Jeremiah that. You know, he said, you know, don't, don't worry, I'm with you because I knew you before I formed you in the womb. If God formed you in the room, that means he knew what he was doing right then and there before then. He knew what was going to take place. He knew... Who was going to be in that womb? Jesus is the one who makes that decision, whether you're male or female. But, we're to, but like I said, we're, it's this venomous ideology. We're trying to make people turn away from God, turn away from what's true and good. Uh, one last example I want to give is a news story out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. As a matter of fact, I just heard about it this week. Uh, it's about a high school basketball team who for years and years of this school uh, I think they said it goes back 40 years that they'd always pray before their basketball game. And, uh, I mean, that's just common. I mean, there's there's usually a lot of prayers that are said for all kind of different functions. They've taken it out of schools, you know, as far as 
daily life at a school. But during usually during games, right before a game, you know, they'll sing a national anthem or they'll say a prayer. Well, the Freedom From Religion group has got wind of it and decided to make threats and threatened to sue if they didn't immediately stop. So the school district itself gets scared and nervous, and they automatically immediately stop the prayer before the games. They don't because they're worried about lawsuit because that's money. They got to go to court. They don't want to deal with it. Let's get let's cover. Let's just take care of this now. They don't want to stand up for what's right and stand up for God. Basically, the people on the other hand, the team and all of its players, they feel differently. They want to keep it going. So they create, start creating these T-shirts that says prayer matters. So they're trying to sell them. They want, you know, they want, they want recognition for prayer matters. They want to know that they want to pray. They want to keep doing this. But also they wanted to save up some money, hopefully, for, uh, to get for in case they wind up having legal action. But there's also an, another group uh, of people that uh, is doing the exact opposite. It's kind of a civil war of sorts in a way that they're going against them, and they're selling T-shirts that says coexist right on the front. Now, y'all probably remember how Pastor explained in a previous message not long ago what coexist means, and he detailed each each letter of that word about what everyone represents. And that's what they're selling, the opposition up here in Cleveland, Ohio. This is what they're selling is coexist on there. And this is it's leading people away from the truth. It's leading people away from God. And it's, it's bad. It's definitely an ideology out there that is venomous. And without Jesus and the Holy Ghost in our life to fight this, to combat this, without God's people standing up and every chance we have to go against it, to speak it when we can, to help those in need when we can, regardless of what laws get passed, regardless of who says what, if God's people will stand for His Word, stand for Him, let the Holy Ghost come out and be, be your voice, you can make a difference. We can make a difference, and we can increase God's church. We can increase the bride for Jesus that, that he has required us to do. That's, that's our position. That's our place. We are to help in this area, and that's what we have to do today. We have to stop this venomous ideology that is taking place. I just give praise and glory to the Lord today. Glory to the name of the Lord. That's, if you will come on back up, praise the Lord. Glory to his name. Uh, that's, that's what I want to leave you with today, church, is that we have, we have everything that we need through Jesus. We have everything that we need. Amen. Praise the Lord. Nothing, nothing is impossible with him. We have, if we have that Holy Ghost living in us, that's why the Holy Ghost is so strong, because that will counteract any kind of spiritual bite we get that's so important. It's so important. That'll it'll help everything. It'll give you it'll give you the words you need to say to someone. It'll give you the words you need to say. I give the Lord praise and glory this day. Uh, pastor's going to play a song. If you want prayer for uh, anything in your body, or you just want to come pray for a little bit, we're here to pray with you this morning. Glory to the name.